everyone. G'day all. Welcome to another episode of Strange Days Broadcast. Various alternative issues at hand. There's no doubt about it. We'll start off with an intro and um, see where the show rock and rolls from hence to forth. Some of these are going to be a bit more lengthy than usual tonight, I think. Covenants bound by blood, our secret. 
So let's get into it. Let's get Times into of it. Science fiction, much akin to Plato, Moore's, and Campanella's the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order, a world for the rule of law, not the law of the jungle, governs the conduct of nations. When we are successful, and we will be, we have a real chance at this new world order. An order in which a credible United Nations can use its peacekeeping role to fulfill the promise and vision of the UN's founder. Really? Is that so? Is that so? Five minutes to think about something, guys. With a little bit of tranquil music. Excerpt from Rise and Fall, a discourse upon the phenomenon of civilization and of the climate. Why does he espouse such an assured spirit in the achievement of the New World Order? For he bluntly remarked, quote, And when we are successful, and we will be, unquote, we will discuss this topic 
and furthermore the supranational power that exists above governments, corralling them into lockstep policies. National constitutions being no obstacle to their unbridled agenda for the establishment of total world dominion. The phraseology, quote, the illumination of a thousand points of light, on evokes the image of the merchant class's hubris in that they believe they illuminate these, quote, a thousand points of light, or the countries, organizations, and society itself will be illuminated or brought to heel by them. The capstone of supranational organizations who wield unseen power above governments, the collectivists who for centuries have been busily putting into place the perfect conditions to implement a planned society. I have detailed this previously with the historical works of Plato, Thomas More's, Tommaso Campanella. However, Aldous Huxley's work, Brave New World, H.G. Wells, Shape of Things to Come, the 1939 motion picture entitled Things to Come, based off the same Wells novel, and we also may include the famous book 1984 by Orwell. These well-connected authors all discussed the world to come under the disguise of science fiction, much akin to Plato, Moore's and Campanella's discussions of likewise collectivist utopias under the antiquated disguise of dialogues. This foretold planned society, as portrayed by these authors, paints an image of a future where the human spirit will be broken and in its place a transhumanist construct would exist. That would I'm going to let this gentleman play for another... Um five minutes and it is funny now that uh, conspiracy theorists have been put on the um up and up it's top of the list of the prophets now isn't that interesting how things change just in a few years be bereft of soul and the ability to contemplate the world in any great depth a mere simple machine to be uploaded with a program through chemical or biodigital means, if you will. As we can bear witness to, this world is gradually coming into view, and the technology is there now to implement such a perfect slave system. See the advent and rapidly developing field of nanobioelectronics, of which will be implantable, injectable, and some will be mesh implants, which will attach to musculature and organic tissue Parallels may be drawn to this modern-day axiom or adage, build back better, unquote. And all governments have started enunciating this catchphrase, and most have worn or wear the small pin emblazoned with the symbol of the UN's agenda. That's right. For knowledge will be spread throughout the earth in those days, and there will be a renting of the temple, the man behind the curtain great revelations nothing hidden darkness will not be brought to light there's no doubt about it the 2030 of which is another one of these stepping stones to world dominion these governments work in lockstep with each other it would seem and this is obviously emblematic of some higher power orchestrating them what do these higher powers wish for they wish to extend their oligopoly or market monopoly in colloquial speech to a societal wide monopoly they will monopolize life, so to say. They will guide reproduction. What happens when the new age comes? The new house? The picture is spoken of even in the scriptures. What does a picture have to do? They have to balance things out. That's right. Interesting correlation.
ensure that a rigid class structure is maintained. Eventually they will assign the digitally infused automatons jobs as per the merchant class's needs. And they will ensure that no divergent thought, any small blood and flower of potential liberty be allowed room to thrive. This will be accomplished via the digitization of society, quote, the internet of things, unquote, as it is called, and this is the ability for them to track your thoughts, feelings, purchases, etc. Edward Snowden talked about this and called it the architecture of oppression, of which your entire life will be spent within a panopticon, a prison. The lockdowns are the gradual phasing in of this type of draconian policy, along with the contact tracing and the proliferation of social media. They're conditioning you to relinquish the last vestiges of privacy you have left. How can this be, I hear you say? Well, imagine if you will, for a moment, what direction would you say the pathway of technological progression is going to take? Will it become a vehicle for the strengthening of free thought and individualism under the current regime? Or will it become an agent of further centralization and stamping out of those who are, quote, seekers of truth, unquote? Seekers of the knowledge that allows one to transcend this world system this prison without visible bars. Such individuals who contemplate the breadth of truth care not for social stigmatization or ostracization. They go beyond that, and as such, if they possess aptitudes in leadership and oration, can pose a danger to the regime. Additionally, we can see that technology is becoming steadily ingrained in our very existence. Technology has become a part of us, specifically digital technology and devices. We are dependent on them, and this has been entirely by design. They are becoming closer and closer to us, closer to our minds, and eventually they will be implanted, subdermally, and then attached to our brains, and inevitably will comprise the various limbs and organs of our body. We will become machines, with machine souls and machine minds, more animated construct rather than man in the flesh. Our body and mind envisioned by the cold inventiveness of digital artificers, imbued with a clinical disposition on life. Our humanity, flaws and all, will be lost to the ravages of, quote-quote, progress. We will bear the eternal mantle of drone. Sounds like some happy days ahead, there's no doubt about it. What it listen to this anal swab do? We speak about transition into what I would call the intelligent age. Now... Future of Humans by W.E.F. Chief. The Chief. World Economic Forum. Chief Professor Anal Claus Schwab. On Future of Humans. And I did something maybe unusual. I took ChatGPT and I had a long discussion with ChatGPT with my hot, if I may say so, to see how this new era will look like. And finally, I had about 20 pages of text, and I asked ChatGPT, summarize the text, and tell me now, based on our discussion, how will the new era, the intelligent era, look like? And I read you the text. Envisioning a future propelled by the technologies of the fourth industrial revolution, we see a new dawn of human civilization, one that harmonizes technology 
with the deepest needs and aspirations of humanity. This vision unfolds within a society where artificial intelligence, robotics, the Internet of the Things, 3D printing, genetic engineering, quantum computing become the foundations of our daily life, yet are guided by a profound respect for human values, creativity, and the natural world. In this new intelligent age, technology is not merely a tool or an extension of human capabilities. It is a partner in shaping a world where every individual has the opportunity to reach their full potential. Education systems will be revolutionized. To, to reach your full potential in a 15-minute city eating bugs. <laughs> Sounds fan-bloody-tastic. By personalized learning platforms powered by AI, <laughs> adapting to each student's Woo! pace Sign me up, baby. of learning, ensuring that no one is left behind. Healthcare becomes predictive and personalized with treatments tailored to the genetic makeup of each individual. And remote monitoring technologies will ensure that high-quality care reaches even the most remote eras. Oh, get out of here. The economy is transformed by a new wave of creative entrepreneurship where small businesses and innovators have access to the global market through digital platforms and manufacturing is democratized by 3D printing technologies. Workplaces evolve to prioritize human well-being with robots and AI systems taking over repetitive and hazardous tasks, freeing humans to engage in creative problem-solving, strategic thinking. <laughs> Freeing humans to engage in slaving for their masters a little bit more while we wedge the two before just a little bit better up your ass. That's about it. I can't listen to him any longer. It's making me sick. It's actually making me sick. I don't want to sound like an alarmist, but the Australian federal government owes just short of a trillion dollars and the states added up together owe just short of $500 billion. That equals every person in Australia, including your kids, have to pay back $53,000 each. That's every person in Australia will have to pay back $53,000 each to get that debt back to zero. I don't know about you, but if I gave my money to a financial advisor and he came back with that sort of a loss, I probably wouldn't get, want to give him any money anymore. Yes, I'm trying to find some happy news here, guys, but um, it just seems to be one after another of loom and gloom. There's no doubt about it. There is no doubt about it.
Kevin told you he wouldn't go wear no dress until they offered him the dress, and then he put it on. And what did he say after he wore it? A constitutional republic, not a democracy. The ideal of a democracy is universal equality. The ideal of a constitutional republic is individual liberty. A democracy always degenerates into dictatorship, which promises government-guaranteed equality and security, but it delivers nothing but poverty and serfdom for the people it robs and rules. America was founded as a constitutional republic to safeguard the liberties of the people against the tyranny of democracy or of one-man dictatorship. In this century, great strides have been made toward the goal of subverting our republic into a democracy. The foremost tactic of the subverters is subversion of language. By calling America a democracy until people thoughtlessly accept and use the term, the totalitarians have obscured the real meaning of our principles of government. Uh -huh. I've listened to this one, the plan to actually destroy America. That's right. Oh, yeah, you guys are under attack. Don't you think that you're, you know, having a good time over there? He's been under attack for quite some time. Have a check this out. There are three possible methods by which the communists might take us over. One would be by a peaceful coup d'etat, as in Czechoslovakia. This speech is from 1958, all right? Now, I'm not sure actually who the gentleman is. But um, anyone in the know would probably pick up on his voice in the Americas. Never listen to this shit, man. 1948. The second method would be by fomenting civil war in this country and aiding the communist side with military might. But there is a third method, which they are clearly relying on most heavily. And this is taking us over by a process so gradual and insidious that communist rule is slipped over so far on the American people before they ever realize it is happening. The process in that direction is going on right now, gradually but surely, and with ever-increasing spread and speed. A part of that plan, of course, is to induce the gradual surrender of American sovereignty, piece by piece and step by step, to various international organizations of which the United Nations is the outstanding, but far from the only example. But another part is the conversion of the United States into a socialist nation, quite similar to Russia itself in its economy and political outlook, before police state enforcement is ever introduced. The best way to explain the aim here is simply to quote the directive under which some of the very largest American foundations have been secretly but visibly working for years. This directive is so to change the economic and political structure of the United States that it can be comfortably merged with Soviet Russia. Now here are the communist aims for the United States. One, greatly expanded government spending for every conceivable means of getting rid of ever larger sums of American money as wastefully as possible. Two, higher and then much higher taxes. Three, an increasingly unbalanced budget despite the higher taxes. Four, wild inflation of our currency. Five, government controls of prices, wages, and materials supposedly to combat inflation. Six, greatly increased 
socialistic controls over every operation of our economy and every activity of our daily lives. This is to be accompanied naturally and automatically by a correspondingly huge increase in the size of our bureaucracy and in both the cost and reach of our domestic government. Seven, far more centralization of power in Washington and the practical elimination of our state lines. There is a many-faceted drive at work to have our state lines eventually mean no more within the nation than our county lines do now within the states. Eight, the steady advance of federal aid to and control over our educational system, leading to complete federalization of our public education. Nine, a constant hammering into the American consciousness of the horror of modern warfare, the beauties and the absolute necessity of peace, peace always on communist terms, of course. And ten, the consequent willingness of the American people to allow the steps of appeasement by our government, which amount to a piecemeal surrender of the rest of the free world and of the United States itself. In summary, gentlemen, we are losing, rapidly losing, a Cold War in which our freedom, our country, and our very existence are at stake. And while we don't seem to know we are losing this war, you can be sure the communists do. There is just one thing, only one thing in the whole world which the communists fear today. It is that despite their tremendous influence in our government and over all of our means of mass communication, the American people will wake up too soon to what has really been happening and what is now happening right under their very noses. The only thing which can possibly stop the communists is for the American people to learn the truth in time. Well, there you go, guys. Well, there you go. A little bit of American speech there. Very interesting. All the way back there in 1958. I'd like to um, also, while I'm on this, because it's a published broadcast of course being strange days i just want to um put a shout out to dark matter um mojo's had the grace to enter the broadcast in the chat room today and um checked me out for a while we haven't seen each other for quite some time actually and um yeah i love his i love his show guys if you ever see him around it's under dark matter m-o-j-o -O with a capital e at the end and um check him out guys i just want to give a um yeah i just want to give a shout out for yeah just someone i haven't seen around the traps for a while and um i really do appreciate him as a person and really enjoyed yeah touching base with him again today on his show right let's move along to a few more things that i've got here <laughs> that's why i'm probably going to have to do another show later because i've got so much so this might have to go out into a two I'll, I'll have an open line in about the next uh, hour. Yep. I'm only 28 minutes in. Damn. All right. And I've already skipped some things to get through some issues here tonight. Haven't listened to this. I really enjoy sharing health issues. Check this out about um, aspirin. Aspirin causes brain bleeds, 
causes stomach bleeds and it causes eye bleeds. Cayenne pepper does not cause any bleeds. In fact, if cayenne pepper is going through your arteries and your veins and it finds any bleeding, it'll seal the bleeding blood vessel. How come it can thin the blood, seal bleeding blood vessels? Well, God said that he gave herbs for the service of man. So the cane pepper comes in and says, where would you like me? I'll thin this blood. Oops, I'll seal off that bleeding blood vessel. The powerful herbs, the book Back to Eden by Jethro Kloss, he devotes half a page to every herb and he devotes 10 pages to cane pepper. Cane pepper not only thins the blood, it strengthens the arterial wall. So anyone who has had damage from all the things that we talked about that caused the damage, they can be repaired. And cayenne pepper helps to repair that. The third thing that the cayenne pepper does is it opens the pepperies. Hmm. Next on my list, human clones. Now, this is some. This is going to be some real controversial stuff. But we're going to go back to the 1940s. Um. It goes, it's quite a lengthy one. I don't want to play the whole thing. Ah, uh, six minutes. It might be okay. All right, I've got the time. Yeah, all right. I'm going to do it. Six minutes. Have a listen to this for a bit. Woo-hoo and strange. If you go to Disney World, for instance, down there in the Haunted Mansion, you see the hologram, right? Oh, you know how to make a hologram. Well, our scientists have learned how to make people. They call them synthetics. Are you familiar with those? Um, well, actually, we just interviewed John Lear, and he was talking about being in an audience in which they were given a lecture by a guy that they thought was real and found out later was he was a hologram. Well, it's a synthetic. The synthetics, when you touch their skin, it feels like uh, plastic almost. That's the latest technique. The old the old techniques, uh, if you guys can rent a video, uh, the boys from Brazil, rent it, because in it, it gives you the exact way how our government's been making people. Really? Yeah, well, come and the on. Soviets have a different method called... I mean, making people, meaning temporary people? No, walking, talking ones. Meaning through genetics? You're not talking about that? Well, let me tell you. Let me. Uh, the movie shows it, but I'll share it with you right now. All right. All I need to do is take two cells off of your body, yours. Uh-huh. We give them a small electrical charge. I'm just going to act like a fertilized egg. If I got a fertilized egg, all I need is a receiver in order to make it. So they were hypnotizing women, you know, said they were in, being invaded by aliens. And the fetus starts growing, right? Needs food. Well, they can use cows and sheep, too. It's, again, a food source. That's all we need. After about 14 weeks, all of a sudden, that fetus is gone. Because they've learned to take, that's when the fetus starts developing its own blood supply. Then they've used a pituitary hormone extract that they have, which accelerates the being that grows. And the original technology was given to our government by the grace. Now, the reason was that our scientists were all excited because we could have spare parts. If you need a heart or a liver or anything, you won't have any rejection. It's your own DNA, right? Okay, because theoretically, if we have overpopulation, we don't need more people, right? That's but. The so-called elite are selecting on who they want to have around anyway, so if we want to keep people going as long as we can. I, I talked to the doctor that was working on um, regeneration of Castro, for instance. Right. On the DNA sequencing. And, that, and they're just learning about this. Well, I, my understanding is that a lot of presidents have already been replaced. That's right. Yeah, I don't think they're walking think, around. They're, they look old, but they basically, uh, some well, of the people are just I'll, I'll, I'll second, third, something to, I don't know who this is who this is with, I gather it sounds like Kerry Cassidy from Project Camelot, and I'm not sure of the other guy. Um, far out. Um, I'll give you something to ponder. Get some old videos of George Bush. This when he first came into office. 
look at the person and listen to him speak, look at his actions, and listen to his everything that's there. Now, it's a lot easier to put somebody out in front to act as a, you know, even Bush did. He had somebody else that was up there acting like he doesn't look like it. Even Hitler had a, you know, he had his stand. In fact, his standing was the one that they found in the, in the ground over in Germany. I mean, Hitler and Eva and the dog and 14 other people got aboard a plane and flew down to Barcelona, Spain. You were aware of that. And then ended up in Antarctica or in Swabenland and then died a few years ago in Brazil. That's what we heard. That's well, I, got, we heard. I have all the documents from my own government. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. Oh, he's pretty adamant about the bloody hell. I got the documents. He sounds like Alex Jones for sure. Well, what about the other theory of Argentina? That one seems to correlate a lot with um, certain things as well. But he's got the documents. I don't. <laughs> so I guess he's got one up on me. Yeah, we have a contact. One of our Stalin friends. even uh, Stalin asked for the you know the. I have the documents, guys. <sighs> Just printed them up from Google. Tried to burn the body, and he got the body back, and so we had different ears, and, and the um, <laughs> testicles were different than anything else, so they knew it wasn't Hitler. But is it a clown or not? I reckon he went to Argentina, because I printed up some documents that I've got hidden away in my bookshelf as well, matey. <laughs> uh, you know, going by cloning. Cloning techniques, uh, since 38, we've been, 1938, they've been making clone people. There's eight countries making clones. I have a doctor friend okay, that all does where you, the clones. Where do you get your information? I get it from some of the people that are willing to come forth, and they talk to me because they hope I'll put the information out because they, they always got two people following them, and they need to be killed. If I start talking about cloning too much, the people that get involved into that uh, you disappear on it. So I don't go into too many more details. But So in other words, I'm not going to tell you where I get the information from. would have been a, a lot, uh, you know, instead of a five-minute rant about maybe i won't tell you just say well i can't tell you man this is it there are information there is information that's available there, but there is information that's available <laughs> i'm gonna google search it in a minute thank you <clears throat> Woo! he's leading me one step closer to that rabbit hole there's no doubt about it more and more of that's coming online i just told you go rent the uh the movie okay, boys from Brazil. More and more of that's coming out online because maybe people are repeating what he just said and now that it's turned into some sort of factoid. That's a high possibility as well. Just thinking out loud. Yeah, yeah and you'll see the whole technique on what they... They show it to you in different places. So they you, show it. You Who's can they? imagine what's going on. See, these are the words that these people use. It's hilarious, really, when you think about it. They, them, um, those. It's like, who are they? There was a civilization that talked about the moon not being there um, at one place in history. Where are they? Where's their writings? Where are their documents? Where's their story? Where is this? Oh, well, this is going back in ancient history. <laughs> it's like, well, I've gone back in ancient history. I haven't heard about no moon missing. I'd like to see some real reports here, you know what I mean? Instead of a bit of hearsay. Well, according to a certain tribe over there in the Northern Hemisphere, there was reports about this. It's like, sounds great, looks great. I just want to see some documental proof, maybe a little bit of a hieroglyphic or something on a on a cave, maybe? Just a little bit of a, a tintillating thing, you know what I mean? Okay, so... Yeah, man, no, let's go to the next step, because this is the most important part. All right. Hey, say. Your physical reality that you have 
based on this physical life that you have this dream is made up of the experiences that is impregnated on your body and in your mind consciously right mm -hmm. your soul memory is another thing it goes back whatever time that you elected to be in this incarnation for whatever reason now let's show you the division on these things since the body is very physical and we had we just got you making a physical being in a few months for spare parts they said now we've got the perfect deal how can we have that work better well if you go to the hospital today and get an encephalogram, what's that? That's the memory of your conscious mind. It's on the CD. It's downloaded on this being. Now we got a walking, talking duplicate that has the total memory that you have because we just took it off of your own mind. Okay. It's like Blade Runner, the android. Exactly. Mm -hmm. The only thing is that it's like this uh, DDD re re you know, recorder. Sometimes you have glitches in it. So you have to have them tuned up occasionally or redone. And so we take them to Camp David or there's a wing at Bethesda Hospital to just tell you. There's, if you go down there and check, you'll find the, the nurses, if they're willing to come forth, they'll tell you they work on those people and they call them the others. I thought it was uh, interesting. The, the others, bloody hell. What about, hey. Um, Uncle Mojo, would you like a turd burger on your little hamburger tonight? Well, I've just got the recipe for you. We've worked out a way to do it. That's right. Yummy, yummy. Professor Ikeda has invented the first steaks based on proteins from human excrement. Sewage mud is rich in protein because it is alive with bacteria. These bacteria are harmless because they are killed by heat during the manufacturing process. Yummy, yummy. The red color is obtained by using food color. The artificial steak, according to a Nick lineup, we're handing out turd burgers tonight, all the way exported from Japan. Special tests even tastes like beef. It In even fact, tastes to like refine beef. the flavor, Professor Ikeda adds soy protein. It's 63% protein, 25% carbohydrates, 3% lipids, and 9% minerals to make one turd burger. え、人工肉、これが人工肉です。え、これはえ、この下水溶で Oh, shut up. I think the world's gone. I reckon they're spraying us with mercury, man. It's like the Mad Hatter's Tea Party. The only people that, you know, feel sane are the mad ones. It's really freaking bizarre. Everything's upside down. Everything's just completely the opposite way that it should be. Even now, everything. Electricity, food... This ice is from the Viking Age. Now, this this is a bit of a thing about the so-called global warming. Have a listen to this. I think it goes back 120,000 years in the ice, ice sheets. I reckon it's the one. 
round year 1000, also called the medieval warm period. We believe that in Greenland, the medieval warm period was about one and a half degrees warmer on average than, than today. Nordgrip, the Greenland ice core project, is being reopened to drill the last few meters through the ice sheet to the rock beneath the research station. The ice core, over three kilometers in length, has been hauled up to the surface piece by piece and contains important data on the history of the climate of the Earth. It bears the fingerprints of climatic conditions over more than 120,000 years. When we remove or drill the ice core, we leave a hole. And we insert a thermometer in the hole. We are able to map out the temperature through the three-kilometer ice sheet. Now, that temperature, if we do it precisely enough, a thousandth of a degree accuracy, then the ice has not forgotten how cold or warm it was on the surface at the time the snow fell. So, using those temperatures, we have been able to reconstruct the temperatures of the last 10,000 years. Here we have our picture of the temperature reconstructions that we have from Greenland in the graphical form. And if we go back along this axis, it's going back in time. This is the last 8,000 years we have plotted here. On this axis, we have the temperatures at the sites in, in Greenland, and we can see that if we go back from now, about 4,000 years ago, we would have temperatures up here for about 4,000 years that were two and a half degrees warmer on average than today. Now, as we go approach our time, we can see that in the period between 4,000 years ago and back to the period 2,000 years ago, which is actually the Roman age, the temperatures have been decreasing in Greenland by two and a half degrees. Then the temperatures increased gradually up to a maximum point around the medieval warm period, we call it a thousand years ago, and then temperatures declined and goes down to a minimum around 1650 AD, comes back up a little in the 18th century, and then around 1875 we have the lowest point in the last 8,000 years, right here, and that matches exactly the time when meteorological observations started. Well, there you go. Hey, check this city out, guys. I think, I'm pretty sure this one's from the Americas. Um, yeah, it's actually in, in Arizona. Have a listen to this city in Arizona, guys. Or township, whatever you want to bloody call it. This brand new rental community in Tempe has all the amenities, fitness center, dog park, outdoor kitchens, but something's missing. So there are no cars in this community at all. Isn't it great? Cul-de-sac is the first community in the U.S. designed and built specifically for car-free living. Co-founder yeah, Ryan Johnson says the demand is strong. Every generation and including 92% of Gen Z, would like to pay more to live in a walkable neighborhood. Retail, restaurants, and to start to nearly mind, 200 anyone? apartments, all within steps of each other. No cars means no parking spaces, no garages. Oh, look. Look over here, convenience. Oh, well, we put you in your own little prison. It sounds good, looks good, guys. Ain't good.
because we don't have residential parking, it opens us up to have 55% landscape space. We get to add so much to the neighborhood. Like social spaces around every corner. Uh, the complex is strategically located right next to the area's light rail system. All residents get a free pass. The first 200 also get a free electric e-bike and a partnership Whoa. with Lyft gets them discount rides. I've been fine just going via rail or just biking. Juan Ramos, among the first 100 to move in here, grew up in Arizona, but left because he didn't like the car-dependent sprawl. At 27, he just came back and says living car-free has opened his eyes. Frank? I'd rather live in my 68 Dodge. You know what I mean? My Dodge Charger than live in a freaking place like that. I'd rather listen to that baby give me some noise, if you know what I mean? For most of the apartments I've lived in for years, I've never even talked to my neighbors. I know people, like, that's Pete over there, that's Ben over there, and I'm like, that's the first time I've said that. Residents often gather near the retail stores, which focus on small businesses. Jada Stratman is moving both her home sense business and herself in. Nah, it drive me crazy. Not accepting it, not going there. Have a listen to this. Fluoride poisoning, guys. Yeah, it's got a bit of fluoride. And they're all neat. Self-preservation, aggression, security, and sex. And water fluoridation. They didn't just walk out and say it's good for you. They actually hired Edward Renee's, Sigmund Freud's nephew, to sell Americans on how good it was to have silical fluoride in the water. Edward Renee's was the one that created how to control the population through media and through advertising. Edward Bernays, also known as the father of spin, pioneered the idea of crowd psychology. In 1928, he wrote a book called Propaganda, in which he wrote, If we understand the mechanism and motives of the group mind, is it not possible to control and regiment the masses according to our will without their knowing it? He called it the engineering of consent. Bernays introduced the corporate giants to crowd psychology methods and polished techniques to manipulate society. He convinced the population to buy on impulse things they didn't even need. In his writings, he concluded that individuals were controlled by four basic motivations, self-preservation, aggression, security, and sex. Bernays' belief was that by appealing to any of these four motives, it was possible to manipulate the majority of the population into doing almost anything. You could brainwash them into smoking cigarettes, starting war, electing politicians, you name it. Hey. And given the proven effectiveness of these techniques, it was no coincidence that the Aluminum Company of America asked Bernays to head the campaign for the fluoridation of the United States water supply. People like Bernays, you know, were masters of social engineering. His entire thesis, if you will, is that you don't talk to the public in a rational, scientific way. Instead, you appeal to their emotions. What I'm going to do, guys, I'm going to get a bit of a schedule going here. And this one's going to go for 10 minutes, man. 10 minutes, believe it or not. Yeah, it's a big one without hearing. And moi, l'ivoire. But um, we're going to have to do this to get this one out because I really want you to hear the foundations, the overall fluoride. It's a great thing to bloody hear. And it puts everything, every avenue, the octopus, the freaking web, whatever you want to call it, all into a perspective. 
So I'm going to do it for 10 minutes. And then I might do one more and we'll have an open line So in about 20 minutes. If anyone would like to call in, you're most welcome. Not even about what I brought up. Just call in. Promote your show. Promote your how great your life is so we all feel bad. I don't know. Whatever you'd like to do. And you invoke their fears. He was key in getting women to start smoking. He positioned cigarettes as being sexy and individualistic and you know power to the woman that was the the framing of why women should start smoking that's right a consumerist culture was born and the united states government took notice u.s agencies soon adopted bernays techniques of manipulation to manufacture the fear of ever-present danger in the minds of the people to give those in power greater control of what bernays called the mass mind he went on to propose in his book Propaganda, those who manipulate this unseen mechanism of society constitute an invisible government, which is the true ruling power of our country. We are governed, our minds are molded, our tastes formed, our ideas suggested, largely by men we have never heard of. This statement holds just as true today as it did in the 20s when Bernays first wrote it. Throughout medical science, including dentistry, Poison-producing corporations have always been able to infiltrate major institutions and dominate their narrative. When Christopher Bryson was writing this book, The Fluoride Deception, he reached out to Edward Bernays. Bernays said it was child's play to convince the American public that fluoride was good for them. While the official narrative rang, the case for fluoride had been proven. Some people weren't so quick to jump on the fluoridation bandwagon. Because fluoride had been used for years as a rat poison to kill coyotes, to kill cockroaches. Some of those opposing fluoridation were in fact dentists. And because of their advocacy for safe water, they were censored by the American Dental Association. If they worked for the public health service, they got fired. If they were team players and kept their mouth shut, they got to keep their job. So out of fear, many people who knew better remained silent. The true story behind water fluoridation can be hard to swallow. The facelift performed on fluoride dating back more than 60 years ago has misled generations. Instead of conjuring up the image of a crippled worker or a poisoned forest, we see smiling children. As a new generation arises, we must sound the alarm yet again. To those who have ears to hear, this film is meant to be a warning. This film will prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that fluoride is a deadly poison being added to our water supply. It will further prove that the chemical commonly known as fluoride is the only chemical added to public drinking water to treat you, the individual, rather than the water. The information presented in this film can change your life. It can help protect your health and the health of your loved ones. It will lay out the real facts behind water fluoridation. It will expose the hidden hand behind the curtain, pulling the levers of industry, corporate profit, and public perception. Fluoridation is neither safe nor effective, but rather a fraud. And honestly, one of the biggest hoaxes ever perpetrated in human history. To say things like, tobacco is harmless, fluoride is harmless. Agent Orange is harmless, they say. DDT was harmless. Asbestos, right? Yeah, GMOs now, they say, are harmless. There's a long history of science selling out to corporate interests while the people are systematically poisoned. 
And to this day, people still believe fluoride is safe in the drinking water, and the majority of dentists still believe it's safe to put in toothpaste and to put in uh, different types of compounds. Most people in America are persuaded that everybody fluoridates their water. If you're living in a town like Albany or Long Island or Ithaca or somewhere, but the vast majority of the population of the world does not drink fluoridated water. Most of the countries do not fluoridate the water. Only about thirty. The countries now that have banned the use of fluoride: China, Austria, Belgium, Finland, Germany, Denmark, Norway, Sweden, the Netherlands, Hungary, and Japan. These all these countries have said that fluoride, number one, is ineffective and toxic and should not be used. We are still using it. There's something wrong here. I think it's time that、uh, we become aware and do something about it. How come our country, that's supposed to be quote so smart, uses it? Well, there's something going on here. Yeah, sorry about a little bit of noise in the background, guys. I'm just trying to get some things out. My son's just helping me with something. What does the European Union know that we don't know? Nothing. Nothing. They know the same thing. That's why. But the difference is they're not getting paid off, and we are. And so, therefore, this is what the only thing I can come up with because they both have the same facts. They both have the same facts. Fluoride is toxic. Fluoride is not helping your teeth. If it was really helping your teeth, why do we have all these dental problems? It's not at all. How come you can go to primitive societies around the world that never had even seen fluoride, and they have perfect teeth? Why are we having all these learning disorders? How come we're having autism? We're having all these things we never had before. Well, why don't we ask that question and answer it honestly? Answer it honestly. 98% of Europe does not fluoridate. Only eight countries in the world have more than 50% of their population drinking water: America, Australia, New Zealand, Ireland, Israel, Singapore, Malaysia. And Colombia, only eight. I think Europeans have come to their senses on on several issues, not all of them, but on many. GMOs being one of them, and fluoride being another. They've rejected these things because they're looking at the evidence. America tends to be way behind the curve on really recognizing reality in the realm of, of fraudulent hoax science. Our CDC and the liars in Washington D.C. have only had success in countries that speak English for the vast majority of the disposal of their hazardous waste product. That means that you and I and our children in the United States are the largest consumers of hydrofluorosilicic acid. Call it what it is: hydrofluorosilicic acid. What is that? Hydro's water, fluo, fluoride, silicic sand. And it's missing an electron. It's acidic. It'll kill you. You take your hand dipping in like that, and you're gonna die. Hydrofluorosilicic acid does not occur in nature. It's a man-made molecule, and it eats through concrete, glass, stainless steel, fiberglass, plastic. Yeah, you name it,、on. it'll eat it. So, why are we putting that? Yeah, and if they spill it, it burns into the cement. Ah,、oh, that sounds freaking great. In the water. First tonight, hazmat crews from all across our area responded to a chemical leak this afternoon in Rock Island. The chemical was so strong. 
that was burning through the concrete there. News 8's Christy Mergenthal has the latest. It was just before 1 o'clock Thursday afternoon when hazmat crews were called to the Rock Island water treatment plant for a chemical spill coming from this tanker truck. The chemical hydrofluorosicilic acid is used to add fluoride to the plant's water. After several hours, crews were able to clean up the leak, allowing operations to return to normal. They had to cordon off the area, obviously, but as far as uh, the treatment of the water and the, the amount of water uh, you know, being used by the public, there's no effect on that at all. Now that acid that did spill out is a chemical that they actually use every single day here at the water treatment plant. It adds fluoride to the water. Reporting live in Rock Island, Christy Mergenthal, WQAD Quad Cities, News 8. That's how they transport it. It's, it's extremely aggressive. It'll eat, it'll eat through almost anything, including concrete. What is labeled fluoride is not naturally occurring fluoride, like you might find in the ground. It's actually a collection. It can be over a hundred different chemicals, including some radioactive chemicals, including many cancer-causing chemicals, including heavy metals, uh, neurologically damaging elements that are called fluoride. And then this is dumped into the water supply, and the cities have doctors and dentists convinced that this is somehow good for your teeth. Fluoride is really a clever way for industry, the mining industry, chemical processing industries, aluminum smelting and processing industries, to eliminate their toxic industrial waste without having to pay for it to be handled as industrial waste. They just slap a new label on it, fluoride. They sell it to cities, and the cities dump it into the water supply. Basically, is a hazardous waste byproduct of the manufacture of phosphate fertilizer. It's a mining byproduct. You dig up this rock. This rock is no good, as is. So you mix it with sulfuric acid, and this produces soluble phosphate. And that's what becomes the fertilizer. It's a byproduct that they can't do anything with. It's a poison. So they sell it and make fluoride out of it. It was a fraud. It was a scam from the get-go. It is a means of getting rid of fluoride. You allow industry to use your water supply to dispose of their hazardous waste. It's a disposal mechanism. It's an industrial, major industrial waste pollutant. They were trying to dump it into the rivers that were going out into the ocean in Florida. And boy, they stopped that. They said, you're polluting, you're killing the fish, you're, and which they were. For a hundred years, they decimated the local vegetation, crippled the cattle, damaged the citrus groves in Florida. It was costing them a fortune to handle this as a very serious industrial waste. And so they're helping Cargill get rid of their hazardous waste problems. Cargill is the largest privately owned corporation in the world. They were also the largest producer of hydrofluorosilic acid. Cargill at one time had like 90% of the market. When the hurricanes went through Florida, they knocked out the holding pond, so there was a shortage of hydrofluorosilic acid. And so they reached out to the rest of the world, and now we get it from Mexico and Japan and China, because none of those countries allow fluoride in the water supply. They don't, they don't put it in at all. So it, obviously it's piling up in those countries. I don't think we need to be helping other countries out with their disposal of fluorosilicic acid. Fluoridation is the worst. Now, it hasn't got long to go, guys. Sorry about the noise in the background there. But... Um, the carcinogens insist on chips from McDonald's or something like that, you know. It's um, worse than pretty much a cigarette, a packet of cigarettes, just a little small fries chips, you know. 
we're just going to watch this. We can look at fluoride. We can look at you know, smoking. Well, even coffee, you know, a lot of that's fluoridated now because they flush it with fluoride. Tobacco is the same. <clears throat> Apart from the other 3,000 or whatever, 2,000 carcinogens, unless you can get a pure, of course, and, um, and appreciate it that way. Um, I've had pure and um, I've had no real problems Mine's more of an allergy if I ever cough, then uh, it actually feels like it um, clears your, your um, lungs, believe it or not, as weird as that sounds for smoke. But then you've got the problem of carbon monoxide poisoning after a while with, with smoke. Yeah, that's the other problem. Apparently, the ethanol, I think it is, and alcohol can counteract it, or methanol. It turns it in either to methanol or ethanol which is good for you, you know, counteracts it. Isn't that weird? They sort of had an attack on niacin when you think about it, you know, for um, tobacco. It's a very important actual um, thing if you want to look into the old niacin. Yeah, very prominent in tobacco plant and leaf. But it's, yeah, it's all the shit that they're bloody flushing through it and all these other things, you know. Anyway, I'll let this go for another minute and just see. And then I might just put on something for five minutes and we'll have an open line. Recycling practice in the world. So I support recycling. But to take the hazardous waste from the phosphate fertilizer industry, which cannot be dumped into the sea by international law and cannot be used locally because it's too concentrated, and to take that product and put it into our public drinking water is sheer lunacy. It's bizarre. I mean, George Orwell Kafka could have written this play. It's, it's, it's lunacy. There are 250,000 tons dumped annually in the water supply. Does that sound like a big figure to you? If you had one ton and were worth over a million dollars, you'd be a poor person by the time you got rid of that ton. It's extremely expensive to get rid of. And this is... I think they call it the FDA or whatever it is, um, food, food regulations. They, um, they worked with the big pharma or the in industries to try and get rid of this stuff. I'm not sure if it covered that. It was away a little bit here and there. And um, I only listened to half of it, not even that before. But, um, you know, they... They had to get rid of it, and they couldn't do it on an environmental scale, you know. It'd be like trying to get rid of where do we dump all these barrels of plutonium or something like that, you know. <clears throat> Which is a bit curious, though, because they can do uranium rods or whatever here in Australia. I think they've done a proposal back in 10 years ago or so, uh, south in my state up north, northern, because it was less, like, hard. It was a, it was a less earthquake um, zone, I guess you could call it. You're not going to dump all the nuclear freaking bullshit there in that hole, you know, because it was probably, at the time, they, they thought that that part of Australia was the safest place on earth to dump highly, you know. The problem with that, you know, they never think about what about our um, water table, you know, under the um, under our country, you know, what this shit's going to leak in there eventually. Might not be now, might not be another hundred years. 
might be a thousand years, whatever. It's going to eventually, I guess, leak into the freaking um, aquifers. But um, no, that doesn't matter. All for shaking hands and contracts and all this other bullshit. It's just unbelievable, guys. Absolutely unbelievable, the corruption of this world. Toothpaste. Have a listen to this regarding fluoride as well. The average toothpaste. And isn't it funny when you can only have the size of pretty much a match head, maybe a pea at the most, with after swallowing something like that ring emergency? Doesn't that say something, guys? Seriously? And yet, look at just about every um, advertisement that they advertise this shit. That they swarm this whole thing of the toothbrush where it should just be a dab in a brush. It's disgusting. They're against us on every level. There's no doubt about it. It's it's an actual sinister <laughs> agenda to freaking dumb us down. It really, really is on every level. From your music, your media, your food, your drink, your water, you name it. It's just incredible. It just goes on. Anyway, have a listen to this one. And we might have an, if anyone wants to call in after I this. have a little box here. Which you may recognize, even if it's a distance. It's nothing more or less than the box that the toothpaste, Colgate toothpaste comes in. And it's fluoridated. Oh, oh and what about Johnson & Johnson a couple of years ago pulled up for um, asbestos and freaking baby powder, man? I mean, come on. <laughs> I'm not going to keep pausing it because I'll just keep having rushes of poo to the brain and coming up with more and more of these shenanigans. You know, it's unbloody believable. Oh, low in sugar. Ooh, that sounds great. Yeah, let's have a neurotoxin instead. That's fan bloody tastic. Unreal. Unreal. Did you know that every toothpaste, no matter just Colby, any toothpaste that has fluoride in it has the following warning printed on the box as well as on the tube. Did you know there was a warning on those tubes? A lot of people didn't. I'm glad that this group is a little better educated. And let me just quick read you. It's in tiny, tiny print, so I just printed it out for myself so I could read it easily. It says, warnings. Keep out of the reach of children under six years of age. Oh, sorry, I just think I missed someone before. Yeah, you can call in. Just put yourself on mute until I might have to just quickly play a song. I've got to do something in a sec. So um, I'll put on maybe a, a two-minute thing. But, yeah, you can call age. in now and I'll mute, just mute yourselves. Don't you want to teach your kids to brush their teeth? Keep out of it. You can't give them toothpaste. But you're told that they need the fluoride so that they get healthy teeth and no cavities, aren't you? Well, listen to this. If more than is used for brushing is accidentally swallowed, mind you, kids don't have the capability yet of spitting out this toothpaste. If it's accidental, but they flavor it like candy, they make it look like candy. If it's accidentally swallowed, Get medical help or contact the Poison Control Center right away. Did you know there was poison? They mark it, they tell you so. Right in your face, guys. Most people don't read this. 
people don't believe that there's poison in something that they put in their mouth. Never mind six-year-olds. How about you? Do you think it's good for you to put poison in your mouth? Even if you spit it out, the mouth and the mucous membrane in the mouth is highly absorptive, and you get this poison. Furthermore, dentists who are knowledgeable and honest will tell you that there is no proof that fluoride does anything to prevent cavities. Hey, this isn't all. Children two to four use only a pea-sized amount and supervise the child's brushing and rinsing to minimize swallowing. They tell you don't swallow it, don't let your kids swallow it. It's poison. And if they do, control the, contact the poison control center. And that's under some sort of bullshit regulation by at least stipulating that. What about your water? How do they regulate that? I might have six glasses of water. Jane might have one. Tom might have three. Bill might have frickin' ten. How do you regulate that bullshit? Nah, it's out of control, guys. You can't just fucking be pumping this shit into people's water. The hell's this? But they fluoridate your water. More than 52% of American states and cities have now fluoridated water. Why? It doesn't do a thing to help your teeth or your children's teeth. It is one of the most powerful poisons there are. And you know the weird thing about it? When you get bloody yellow teeth or stain from this shit, right, they call it fluorosis of the tooth. It's... Like, fucking what? What the hell? It's like right there, you know, like, well, what causes that? Fluoride, maybe? Um, fluorosis of the tooth. Hmm. Let me think about this a little bit longer. It's highly toxic. It causes bones to be brittle, teeth to get blackened. And it damages your immune system, the very system that you brain. need to keep you healthy and to help to fight uh, uh, infections and cancer. Yep. Pineal gland, the whole lot, guys. There's no doubt about it. There is no doubt about it. All right, I need a quick break. This could call it. A little breakout. There's no doubt about it. Ah, oh, yeah. Just about there with this one. I've got to find the old girl. Problem is, the uh, oh, I cleared my case out. Ah, that's what I've done. So everything's blank. Ah, shit. <laughs> Kill everything. I can't even see any songs at all. Oh, that's bad, man. That's real bad. <laughs> Let's have a quick little break, and um, we'll get back into an open line. Uh, yeah, 11, 111. Oh, wow, there's the number, guys. 111. I reckon we have a two, three-minute break, and then we... Yeah, I'll be, I'll be back within the minute. Easy. Yeah. I just got to sort this freaking door knock thing out here.
We've got a sortie at the door knockers. They're back. They're around. And they make a lot of sound. If you know what I mean. One for you, Mage. If you're leaving, close the door. I'm not expecting people anymore. Hear me grieving, lying on the floor. Whether I'm drunk or dead, I really ain't too Blind man, I'm a blind man. I'm back. And my world is pale. Last moving, guys. When a blind man cries, low. Three steps in a miracle. There ain't a Saturday. Not bad. Listen to this dude. What's his name? What's your name? Pink Floyd, welcome to the machine via Fugoff Let. Kevin told you he won't go wear no dress until they offered him the dress and then he put it on. And what did he say after he wore it? I made my own decision. Duh. But you didn't make it before they brought it up, did you? 
It's okay. It's all right. For a five-year period, every single movie that Kevin Hart did was a movie that had been on my desk that all I had said was just, can we take some of this step and fetch it shit out? And then I can do it. Like it don't need to be overtly homosexual because I'm not homosexual. Right. It doesn't need that right. to be funny. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and me saying that and them going, Oh yeah, no problem. And then going to give it to this other guy and having him do it just like it was. And acting like I'm a bad person because I keep standing on my standard. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting, but I, I wouldn't change it for the world. Like, again, I'm, I'm on the way. Reason I know how to play that. And then it was such a hit. It was way bigger than I even anticipated. And now, um, I think we're going to make part two. I think you have to. I think you, like, have to. They kill you. If you try to walk away and they clone you. In the beginning, good always overpowered the evil of all men, mighty and strong. But in days, the nations grew weak and the city fell to slumber. In the darkest hour of the blackest of hates, for he who forgets fear awaits you. Now, many, many lifetimes later, they destroyed, beaten down, with only the corpses of rebels. Ashes and dreams and blood-stained streets. For it is being written for those that have the youth. Did you like that, guys? That was pretty bloody good, I thought. I'll give myself a pat on the back for sure. <laughs> Spontaneous. I think Mojo said to him, come listen to this guy. He might even blow your mind. You didn't like school. You know nobody's fooled. <laughs> that crazy Australian dude. I've heard about him. I've heard about him. Never witnessed the actual world here. We call it a broadcast here because it's beyond the show. There's nothing. A show's usually exciting. In my loom and gloom, I prefer to call it a broadcast. <laughs> There's a method to my madness. Come on to the boot of a maestro, Sorry.
sorry about that. I do have a case of um, Tourette's, if you know what I mean. But anyway, so I went back onto my other um, saved ones, but what I wanted to do is play a, a song San for Francisco my San Francisco was responsible shit. for a new trend in new pop music. And the yeah, Jefferson Airplane crazy. was one of the groups that made that sound popular. Let's play a song for my friend by the name of um, Spencer Dryden, Random. Jack Cassidy. What are we going to call it? Yorma Calgren. Random. Random Stan. And of course... Grace Sick. R.S. Grace Slick. R.S. Slick. This one's for you. Yeah. He's having flashbacks now, guys. There's no doubt about it. Look at him. He's got that thing going up near his eyes. He's doing that eye thing, guys. Yeah. He's putting his bell bottoms on now. There's no doubt about it. the moment. One pill makes you larger and one pill makes you small and the ones that mother gives you don't do anything at all. Go ask Alice when she's ten feet Poor bastard's probably from Irene has got no clue what the hell I'm playing. And if you go chasing rabbits and you know you're going to fall, tell them all who smoking caterpillar. Seeing that you've got a bit of Negroid in your bloodline, I'm going to play you a song. Because these people might have been from a, um, a well, I mean, Islander material. So this one is from me to random. I think we're forming a relationship, random. This is getting a little bit too personal. I'm playing songs for you. Sorry, Shep. It's random's night tonight. You're out, mate. You are out. Bloody hell. Sorry about that. Here's one for my random Kiwi mate. All the way from New Zealand. progress on to my next thing. This is the American retaliation um, version. Oh, hey, I'm a
rock and roll eh kick ass rock and roll there's no doubt about it marines u.s marines one for the americans our little um mega mega people out there i guess you could call it the megas Rally's up magazine, let me begin. I came to win, battle me, guard your chin. I won't ever slack up, commies better back up. Try to cheat again and you'll the whole country act up. Get up, stand up, come up, throw your hands up. If you got the feeling, jump up towards the ceiling. Maga let the love flow, Democrats will up. Yo, we know it's do or die. We taking it all back, so feeling. Funkin', amp central force, well, we got more fun. Bust it out, retribution. Dealies team, the memes can get memed. Hit the lids coast to coast. That was a bit of um, Donald's Trump's um, little campaign, I think they call it, over there. No doubt about it. Hey. There once was a ship that put to sea. The name of the ship was a bully of tea. The winds blew up her bowed up down or below my bully boys blow. <gasps> Soon may the willow man come to bring us sugar and tea and rum. One day when the tonguing is done, we'll take our leave and go. She'd not been two weeks from shore When down on her a right whale bore The captain called all hands and swore He'd take the whale in tow <laughs> Soon may the willow man come To bring us sugar and tea and rum One day when the tonguing is done We'll take a leave and go da 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 Before the boat had hit the wall. It gets pretty crazy here, there's no doubt about it. This is Vladimir Putin singing a song all the way from Russia, my friends.
people out there that tried it. This is Uncle H, also known as Someone on bloody some sort of methamphetamines. Bloody hell. Bloody hell. Hell and bloody. Bloody and hell. The very word secrecy Let's is go repugnant. Down the rabbit in hole. a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies. The secret oaths and a secret proceedings. We decided long ago that the dangers of excessive and unwarranted concealment of pertinent facts far outweighed the dangers which are cited to justify it. Even today, there is little value in opposing the threat of a closed society by imitating its arbitrary restrictions. Even today, there is little value in ensuring the survival of our nation if our traditions do not survive with it. And there is very grave danger that an announced need for increased security will be seized upon by those anxious to expand its meaning to the very limits of official censorship and concealment. That I do not intend to permit to the extent that it's in my control. 
And no official of my administration, whether his rank is high or low, civilian or military, should interpret my words here tonight as an excuse to censor the news, to stifle dissent, to cover up our mistakes, or to withhold from the press and the public the facts they deserve to know. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of election, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. It is a system which has conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Its preparations are concealed, not published. Its mistakes are buried, not headlined. Its dissenters are silenced, not praised. Its dissenters are silenced, not praised. Its dissenters are silenced. Its dissenters are silenced. It's just... Hey. It's good to see you again. I'm really glad you made it. You look tired again. Are you tired? Yeah. Well, listen, I think it's because you've been sprinting down this road with your head down from one drama to the next, trying to get away from whatever it is that happened to you back there. Because of it, you're missing blessings along the way. You gotta understand that what happened to you back there doesn't have to define the rest of your journey unless you allow it to. Guess what I'm saying is you don't have to run no more. Make a shift in your pace on this next stretch of road so God can make a shift in your heart and you can begin to heal. Take it easy on yourself. This world needs you. Rest. But don't you quit. I'll see you at your next rest stop. But you ain't pro-gun, no one to protect it Where the American flags at? Remember when people would hang those They've been taken down, they all been replaced With BLM flags or a rainbow This ain't rap, this ain't money, cars and clothes We ain't selling drugs, we ain't gonna overdose We ain't pushing guns, ain't promoting stripper poles We won't turn your sons into thugs Or your daughters into hoes I don't care if I offend you I was put here to upset you Just keep it real facts, don't care how you feel, man. If 
to it anyway and um and start another one in about 20 minutes i think yeah i have to break it up because i've got too much here to to share that i hadn't got into as as well i went off track a bit with me euphonics and all these other things so what i'm going to do is just um shut it down now and um oh next five minutes and yeah rock and roll back on later yeah, half half an hour, twenty minutes or something. So I hope you got something out of it. Strange days broadcast. There is no doubt about it. You all take care out there. You all take care. Thanks for joining me. Appreciate the support. Yeah, good to see you, random. Thanks, mate. Our mission, an invisible weapon, a dark saboteur. 
will weaken their minds, keep their lifespan short, with metals in foods, in the water and air, an organized multi-pronged heavy assault, will be incognito so no one's aware, we'll blanket with poisons and they'll lose their minds, we'll promise a cure, more poisons we'll give, destroying the systems of all of mankind, making it harder and harder to live. Slowly, surely, never stop, step by step, drop by drop. Step by step, drop by drop. 